Did either of you guys get into into the staircase at all? Mm-mm. I don't think I know what that is. HBO made a documentary series. It's a true crime documentary series, but they did it like a while ago, like mid two thousands before it was even hot. And like, it's just an insane. It's just a crazy case that's a, about a guy. It's a guy in Durham whose wife is found dead, and he's arrested for it. And it's just it's just one of those like super super compelling. Uh, murder mystery things but there's so much about it and like so much so that hbo made this documentary series but it was done by a french production company mm-hmm. but then the hbo narrative show which is stars colin firth he and tony collette they're amazing in that narrative show part of that show is the hbo documentary crew making a documentary about the show that's happening wait is this the one where like they think maybe an owl killed her well there's like there's like four really good theories of what happened. One is like he he strangled her and killed her. It's like that's probably what happened. Who knows? Yeah, but, I know this story. But there, yeah, then there's the owl, which is honestly is like pretty compelling evidence. It's like, oh yeah. my god. Next one is a condor. Next one's a condor. Yeah. Did they ever put the owl on the stand? Woo. <laughs> Did we add the the testimony was really damning. Objection. But it got thrown out. Got thrown out. Yeah. Sustained. <laughs> they're like, do you know? They're like, do you know the defendant? Who? Who? The defendant. Do you know the defendant? The judge turns Ooh, to the camera and goes, yeah. this is a real whodunit. <laughs> Mr. Al, how many licks does it take? <laughs> Objection. This animal is clearly nocturnal. We were trying to speak to it during the Ooh. day. Yeah. Uh, it's good. Out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed, call Andy and Kelly, free business paper needs, or Dundamip, then the people purchase paper people, Dundamip, then the people purchase paper people, Dundamip, then the people purchase paper people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host, uh and amateur animator sean roney and i'm edwin james and i'm a donkey shrek <laughs> and with us as always our producer in the warehouse mr alex ward he gives the best back rubs in the office that's true i give a mean back rub also do good aromatherapy <laughs> <laughs> you just got nard dog Every week we get together and talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. This week we'll be talking about the episode Local Ad, mm. and then we'll uh, we'll be going to some voicemails that y'all have sent in to us. Uh, really looking forward to that. But uh, Edward, why don't you start us off? Why are we talking about Local Ad this week? With uh, our last few episodes, we've been kind of geared towards uh, Joe Bennett's run on the show and a couple episode Episode episodes, as we call them, mm-hmm. uh, focused on a single episode from season two, and it, it made sense to kind of go back towards the middle of the show. And Local Ad is an episode that kind of stood out just as one that's a little bit more isolated in terms of storylines. It's very contained in that so yeah. much of it is about Michael and his commercial, um, and so much of the focus is about Michael and his creativity. It's an episode that you would have thought we all, or Alex and Sean had thought that we had already profiled mm-hmm. Um but it is just, uh, I thought it made perfect sense for us to tap into. Just uh, totally. Michael's uh, uninterrupted stream of creativity 
going into this commercial. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like this, this episode comes in season four, kind of like about a third into season four, which is already an abbreviated season. Um, and there's, I think, like fun run through money is like kind of an arc, and then the deposition through honestly the end of the season is a whole nother arc. And local ad is the first of like local ad branch wars and Survivor Man kind of exist on their own within season four, which again is pretty short. So there's not a lot of like stuff in season four that feels like it could be a standalone. And honestly, like local ad is one you go back to and it's it is so good. I mean, everything about it is great. And I think there's there's really only a handful of office episodes that I think you could tease out into a 90 minute standalone movie if you needed to. And I feel like local ad is one that you could make into a feature-length office movie. Um, well, and you know that Michael would make his commercial into a feature-length commercial if he could. Absolutely. Uh, the, you just get... A miniseries. You get so much about the characters in this episode. Uh, everyone's having a good time making this episode. I, I, lo- I love Local Ad, so glad we're doing it. Uh, local Ad, Season 4, Episode 9. It aired on October 25th, 2007. Written by BJ Novak. Mm. Directed by Jason Reitman. Who is? Oh, he uh, did Juno, right? That's right. Juno? Yeah, he nice. did. He did. He directed Juno. Uh, thank you for for smoking. Oh, great movie. Um, producer on Up in the Air. He's done some great projects. Hasn't done a lot of episodes of The Office, uh, but uh, but this is one of them. So, Sean, uh, I'm just gonna say, you get that microphone just a little bit closer to you. Just bring it in there. Right in. Right Ooh. in here. Everyone is going to get to know each other in the pot. So, just, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, well, well. There you go. Local ad. Uh, let's let's go uh, cold open. Mm. Yeah, with the cold open, we begin with Michael uh, just dancing babies. Yeah, that's that's what I think is the first line of this episode every time. Um, yeah. But it's Michael soliciting ideas from everyone in the conference room. It's one of the more fun and engaged conference room meetings that we actually see, uh, where people are excited about pitching ideas. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, this is a super fan episode as well, or one of the episodes that is available as a super fan cut. And we do get kind of an extended run of this particular scene um, before the advertising guys show up. So we do get like different um, mm-hmm. ideas, different things going on yeah. in this scene. Um, uh, and then, by the way, yeah. by the way, really quick, uh, uh, some some breaking news for Office Season 5 Superfan is available now. Uh, on your oh boy on Peacock, so everyone oh boy everyone listening to this probably already knows that, but if you don't, I mean these are big deals for us. Like when when, when they drop a new super fan season, I still haven't seen them all because it still kind of breaks my mind. That's like, hey, you could go rewatch your, almost a new episode. It feels like, and I I can't handle it. It's like the show is done, and now it doesn't feel done, and I don't know what to do about it. It's great news, but I'm a little overwhelmed. A little overwhelmed. A hundred percent. And I mean, season five, uh, we're talking about Michael Scott paper company. That's the arc. season. That's the season, man. So look forward to that. Oof. Just wait till, uh, 15 years from now when Alex drops super fan cuts of our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The real secos that are still on our Patreon. In 15 yeah. years. Like, All right. Here's the raw cuts. <laughs> hours and hours. Of deleted content. <laughs> Uh, I think uh, one of the sort of interesting things that comes out of the Superfan episode for this and uh, is that we get a lot more of Pam talking about focusing on her animation yeah. and mm-hmm. like kind of how this is an opportunity for her to do something different and uh, show a little bit of growth. 
Um, we see the in the super fan cut that the computer crashes when she's trying to use her tablet, and it's almost as if the company knows she's trying to do something to expand herself. One of the reasons that this episode feels like a standalone, as you alluded to, Alex, is that there aren't a lot of season-wide or series-wide plot lines that really overlap into this episode. Like, for example, the, the biggest one is uh, Dwight, and Angelie, Dwight and Andy and Angela, mm-hmm. um, and then Ryan and Corporate, maybe, but uh, for the most part, it's pretty contained. And then, but with we, we get to see a little bit more of Pam and uh, pre-art school trying to work on her art and her animation. Yeah. How do you feel about Dwandala for those three? <laughs> Too much? All right. Du- how, Dwandula? What do you mean? Dwan- Dwandila. Oh, oh, oh. Like for a Dwan- Dwandila. There we go. <laughs> for the love triangle. Yeah. Oh, I like, I, just, yeah. Just some shorthand. That works. Some shorthand, yeah. The, that the works. Dwandila. Uh, but really quick, um, to, uh, back to the cold open just to, to get us in. I mean, it's a great... It's it's a warm open technically because it kind of uh, has to do with the main episode happens to do with the main topic of course but we get this we get the wonderful uh, football cream scene football cream okay <laughs> it's football I cream. love it's football that cream. little <laughs> the way the <laughs> movie's looking at when he does that I always makes me laugh uh, nobody tell him uh, yeah. <laughs> really good stuff it's applesauce yeah apple <laughs> I don't think it's a Chrysler car nope. <laughs> uh, really good gym stuff in there. <laughs> okay, football cream. It's football cream. Uh, and yeah, and that's that's what that right after that is when Pam's like, yeah, I'm taking this animation class and I'll do a logo. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Even the receptionist is getting in on the creativity. Very good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Michael's flying high, and then in come the ad guys. I mean, this uh, yeah, this episode hits home for me. Uh, I've been in in like you know doing student projects in college like we would be in the editing room all night long uh space back when at the ready oh yeah back when you'd use final cut pro everything had to render for like an hour every Mm -hmm. time you did something that was two minutes of footage and uh i i yeah this one like that hit home for me watching this one where they're laying up all night doing the doing the edit but certainly i mean how amazing like i mean for pam this is an episode where you're kind of like realizing like oh wow she really is talented in this um i think we've only seen that a few other times in that she painted the building and did this yeah all uh, we've seen is like the still life sketches Mm -hmm. you know that but this is like yeah this is a whole new thing for sure and i think the audience has always been on pam's side it's always like of course she's good she's pam like we have to root for her but i i do think throughout this episode and even at the end when you actually see what she's been working on and it's like oh that's awesome i, I mean we'll, we'll eventually get to this but like that that whole um you know we, we this is teased early on when jan in women's appreciation when jan is like oh you know we if you're interested in graphic design we'd love to you know, get you going that which, which leads to art school eventually. But, um, I mean, this, this is something where we really see her practically kind of using her skills in a different way than just, than just doing sketches. It is interesting watching the super fan cut and the regular or episode kind of back to back, because while we do get some additional footage of Pam talking about what kind of talking about her ambition about around design and those kinds of things. And, um, maybe the stifled efforts, uh, because of the technological limitations or whatever it is, mm-hmm. or maybe, um, having to edit around uh, Dwight and Michael. 
Um, you don't necessarily need it for the actual plot of the episode, which is only to say that in the main feed episode, we do get kind of the same sort of thing. We see Pam working hard at her artwork, leads into her going to to, to art school, and and we kind of know how that plays out in the rest of the series. But I guess one one question that I thought I thought of while watching this, and I want to kind of pose it to you guys is is do you wish? I, I wonder if the show could have done more with Pam's artwork and her passion for design after she returns from art school. Um, obviously, we see her near the end of the show painting murals and things and finding fulfillment that way. But I wonder if mm. um, they never really revisited after she comes back the right way. Um, and I just wonder, like, do you think that they could have mm. done more with that? Yes. Or do you think it's good the way it is? Yeah. No, no, no. I, I think yes. I think I think a lot of people who are listening will agree that, you know, there's you want to root for Pam and yet there's all these shortcomings of, you know, you don't like to see her fail or to give up. And, you know, I think later in the show, she's kind of like comes to terms with, well, that's, you know, this is not who I am. I really just want to be like work in the office and stuff like that. And it's like, I mean, to that she created this little animated sequence uh, with no real experience and working with Michael as a director and working on a Dunder you know, Mifflin standard issue computer. Exactly. I mean that she's really talented and that's really incredible. And I think watching this episode the first time you kind of start to expect, wow, okay, maybe things are going to start looking up for Pam. So like mm -hmm. just in the long term of like watching Pam's character arc, uh, I don't know. I I feel like this is kind of a one of those moments where mm -hmm. leads to the disappointment of of Pam never really carrying out those dreams, it, it, which yeah. she says later are not her dreams anymore. But yeah, I, that's that's part of it. I mean, she she has total agency over that, you know. Um, but like, it it is weird that after art school that she wouldn't. It's like. I, it seems like in art school, she found out what she didn't like about art, which is like graphic design and using computers for art. And I, I feel like that would have fueled her to do something else a little bit or like, okay, you found out what you don't like that. That's actually hugely helpful in the creative field. Like you like putting pen on paper. You like putting, you know, like you like doing it that way. Um, and it didn't really track that. She just, we just kind of stopped seeing that altogether up until, like you said, up until uh, season nine and, and the murals. And um, I think, I think Dunder Mifflin saw her interest and was like, great, let's get you into corporate logo making, uh, which she had no interest. She's like, no way. Um, and we mm -hmm. see here, you know, she's, she's able to even literally draw a corporate logo in a way that is creatively fulfilling to her um, by doing it a different way. So um, yeah, we're wow. We went way way down here on the on the local ad episode, but this is uh, <laughs> down, down, I mean, this is like part two of a Pam episode here. I was I was just looking just You're out welcome. of curiosity that that like I, I mean local ad is episode five in season four, and job fair is episode thirteen. That's the episode where she, you know, goes and and asks uh, Nick, the IT guy, mm -hmm. about you know how to you know, what kinds of programs she should learn in order to do graphic design. And it's like, I mean, this is a little bit of a continuity error for me. Like, you know, sure. it just seems like she's kind of figured some stuff out clearly. 
Um, but okay, yes, of course you're right. We're we're getting down a wormhole. Yeah, she got asked on a date from this art. <laughs> you like motorcycles? The uh, the only thing I would add, and again, not not trying to take us too far, too much further down this road, but it would have made sense for her to use that design ability in other ways. Like for example, she could have done stuff for the Michael Scott Paper Company, yeah. um, or seems like yeah. an opportunity or something like that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's go back to local ad. Uh, <laughs> and we should get into Michael's commercial because that is yes, kind of the heart of, of this episode. Of yes, of course. Um, immediately shut down kind of by the advertising guys who, sh- and they show him the ad that they did with the Nashua branch and he... Um, so cringe. Yeah. One yeah, of the cringiest he, things on the show is watching that ad. It's so <laughs> aggressively bad. Bow, bow, yeah. <laughs> the guy like, it's like, this ad is 30 seconds longer than it needs to be and it's probably mm-hmm. 35 seconds long. <laughs> it's like, oh my god um and then yeah michael uh kind of bashes it but it turns out that's what they the advertising guys came up with and um before long he goes to ryan he goes to david wallace uh he kind of kicks out the ad guys the ad guys say whatever man good luck to you and uh then it is on michael who staked his entire creative reputation with uh with david wallace this is weird <laughs> um and then he brings everyone weird. in the office together to produce this ad in uh, in the in the super fan cut, I do believe that we learned that their budget is eighty five dollars. I mean, this is which works. This is this is peak. I mean, I I think this is just a great Michael Scott episode. Uh, you know that he thinks it's his responsibility as manager of the branch to you know completely produce this ad and write it and direct it. I mean, you know, eventually, yes, he ends up doing that anyways, but he thinks that it's his job to start with. <laughs> like, yeah, he's confused by the guys coming in and and having a plan already, uh, <laughs> which is outrageous. I mean, <laughs> well, they wait, they, they wait a while to let Michael know, like once they show him and they're like, uh, Actually, the main part has to be the same. The last five seconds is where you get some creativity. And there's like, what the waving? He's like, well, you don't have to be waving. You could be clapping, sitting, standing. Like, then Michael's face in that moment is just being like, oh, like, I get it. And I hate it. And this is insane that this is what we're doing. Because Michael has the sense to at least see that. What he says is like, that's what Nashua came up with? That sucks. And they're like... Well, that's what we came up with. At the same time, you can you have to would imagine that other branch managers wouldn't hear that they're doing a commercial and they're sending in ad guys and take this to mean we are going to you to create your own commercial. <laughs> we, Michael, we need you to yeah. write and direct this yeah, commercial. Exactly, produce yeah, yeah, your your own commercial. I thought one thing Sean, I know you mentioned uh, editing is something that maybe stood out to you, but um, I thought one thing that might also stand out to you is the Michael's grand ambition and the reality of trying to make it happen. Um, oh yeah. yeah, there is a deleted scene where they have Jim sit in his producer in Michael's desk, and Michael just oh. kind of oh. uh, is talking about, "All right, we start in ancient Rome. We start like here. We widen On back all these yeah. grand set pieces, um, and mm-hmm. then uh, it's just it's role play for Michael, yeah. um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where he gets to role play the artistic visionary who's frustrated um, by the realities of production. <laughs> but, yeah. And that's what I mean. Ultimately, that's this episode is that battle of like. Who Michael believes he is, and who Dunder Mifflin wants him to be, and those are those have never been, those have always been at odds throughout the entire show, and is in fact why Michael quits in season five to go, you know, start the paper company. Um, 
and this this episode really crystallizes that relationship between Michael and corporate of just like, please let me spread my wings. This is one thing I'm excited about. He's like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, Michael is like, I barely work when I'm here. This is something <laughs> I actually want to work on. Please let me do it. <laughs> and I mean, when he calls Ryan to complain about this, like the way Ryan breaks it to him, it sounds like something Ryan's wanted to say to him for a while when he's like, good, mm-hmm. they're creative, not you. Like, he said Ryan says it so bluntly in so few words in a way to Michael that is such a slap to him of just yeah. like, yes, we hired them because and and I thought really well directed that they have Ryan say that while he's like typing and looking at a computer like he's barely even he's like, that's good, Michael. They're creative, not you like he's not even thinking about this. And to Michael, this is consuming his whole world. And so they, they just that relationship is so good between Ryan and Michael right there. Um I just love how they do it. And speaking of, that's where we get the uh, the Shrek scene that was said in the intro here. <laughs> it's just like my you call from Eddie Murphy. Yeah, he's like, "What?" <laughs> Once Ryan's his boss is just great. a good a good I, callback, and one that I wish they did a little bit more was the voicemails for Ryan. Yeah, um, yeah, yep. And, and and then I think too, like one thing that kind of happens is Michael rallies everyone in the office to kind of help him with this. They bring in, everyone has different roles within the commercials. He taps Oscar to do costumes. Uh, He's got (laughs) um, this big plan and it's fun to watch everyone kind of fulfill their roles. Andy as the, as the runner, the track star, um, Phyllis to go get Sue Grafton to try to be in the commercial. (laughs) (laughs) You said it couldn't take no for an answer. Good girl. (laughs) (laughs) Phyllis, did you, or did you not? Get to Grafton. <laughs> that that is a, a official drop request for the crying noise. No, I haven't. Um, I have it. Oh, okay. God dang it! I, it's not on the page I was looking at. <laughs> I don't remember what I called it, but I do have it. I'll, I'll just play it at some point. Don't okay. you worry. Uh, and then uh, I love when Michael says, "Someone get her a tissue," and Kevin rips off a piece of the mass the tape <laughs> for her to use as a tissue. Go get him, Phil. <laughs> They all send her off with so much hope. And it's Sue Grafton. She's an author. Yeah. 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 And I keep seeing her books everywhere now. Every Airbnb I've stayed in is full of Sue Grafton books. A very popular, like, mass market Mm, author. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, gosh, I just, I feel like this episode is so... um... (laughs) Yes. Found it. (laughs) Awesome. I mean, as a, as a, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, I mean, gosh, you guys, like, I mean, this episode is kind of a perfect office episode, I would say, in a lot of ways. Completely agree. It's, it's a standalone uh, in a lot of ways, and it represents what the show is about. That just like you guys were talking about how everyone is trying to tell Michael that he's not creative. And yet we all know as the audience that his commercial is better than the one that they make. Mm-hmm. It really is. 100% better. And it and it reminds me of things like, um, you know, there's some great viral commercials out there. Uh, I've seen even more on TikTok lately. But I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Red House furniture commercial uh, that black black people love Red House furniture, white people love Red House furniture. It's the silliest commercial. Hmm. Uh, 
you'll have to look it up. But it's this great like local ad, an example of a local ad that is like it would have absolutely gotten shut down if there was any corporate input. Yeah. And yet it's this commercial that has resonated with a lot of people and <laughs> and they love it. And I think about uh, shows too like um Detroiters, which is yeah. Tim Robinson and uh Sam uh Richardson. Sam Richardson. Rockwell. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Richardson. Uh, where they are like these kind of local ad uh, producers. Sure. Uh, so sure. I highly recommend that show if you haven't seen it. But, a little bit uh, of that in Better Call Saul, too, early on about that show. Oh, yeah. Where okay. he's just making local ads for himself. It's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are, I mean, again, uh, going into deleted scenes, Jim says Michael is on a mission to prove he is creative, which I think is odd because Michael might actually be the most creative person I've ever known. Every day, Michael says and thinks things. That no one has ever said or yeah. thought before, <laughs> well, which is very true yeah. and a perfect hey. summation of Michael. You know, and you know what else I was thinking is like what makes Michael's creativity so interesting is that I think a lot of creatives generally have tend to have a lot of like social anxieties or they have some insecurities and the creativity is a way of expressing and like getting past that and dealing with those insecurities and like. Because I think a lot of creatives have are, are like have a lot of self awareness at like what they're doing. People are going to hate it. Michael mm-hmm. doesn't have any of that, which makes his creativity in a whole different world. Because he's just mm-hmm. sort of like, no, I am good at this. I'm going to make this. It's going to be awesome. Uh, and he just goes out there. And usually that makes for some bad art when people are like that. And in this case, Michael, I can't say it's bad. And certainly his no. ad is far more eye catching and compelling. That would make me, I would Google Dunder Mifflin after I saw that ad, 100%. Like, I would not if I saw the other one. Yes. I I, I mean, I, I think that it's really tragic, like this episode, in, in that watching him, you know, perk up at the idea of, like, oh, finally, like, I can, you know, this is my time to be creative and represent my branch. Mm-hmm. I've already got the great Scott. <laughs> you know production mm-hmm. yeah i mean he, he's I in the, mid- the title card dude <laughs> he's in the middle of uh creating uh uh threat level midnight right <laughs> like i mean oh, the whole I show guess is in the middle of it. shooting yeah. has been going on this entire time yeah. uh, and it's like okay great i mean i mean for him to just get so quickly shut down especially by ryan yeah um i mean you know uh, David Wallace at least gives him a shot, e- even after saying this is weird. I mean, you kind of feel I I feel bad for Michael. I I am really like you know, especially that they produce the commercial and then they decide to not air it. Like, it's it's a little tragic, and I think that I think that everybody in the ensemble or everybody else at Dunder Mifflin, like Jim and Pam, like they feel the same way. Of course, of course, Pam, who put in all this effort. Yeah. Uh, it's, this is a great episode for me as someone who loves the episodes that are a little darker that it, it really knocks you down. Yeah. Right. That, that everybody puts in this creative effort. Everyone steps up and makes this great local ad and the corporate world shuts them down but then they themselves are able to celebrate it on their own yeah. at poor Richards 
and and have this moment together to celebrate uh, with each other. And and I uh, mean, in a show about ordinary things, this is an episode of them trying to make something that is not ordinary, and ultimately it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they show it to a bar on a DVD, and that's enough for us. That's enough for us that we see that Michael is is recognized, and everyone who's in the they show everyone in the movie. You know, they just give a shot of them looking at themselves and their performance, you know, and everyone is touched by this. And it's really, it's really beautiful. Um, yeah, I think too, I, I like it. there's, there's something nice about everyone in the office outside of Michael kind of just being happy to see themselves in the local ad that does mm-hmm. there. Um, and then they play his Michael's ad as Jim sets up the director's cut or the director's, uh, Michael Scott director's cut. And at the end, Everyone kind of claps, and Kevin says, "Michael, that was fun." Michael says, "That was fun." Next round of drinks is on me, and like, what a what a perfect kind of ending because it's it's fun. That's all it really is, and like, I mean, it's 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 a perfect example of Michael kind of like he sees it as his opportunity, his big chance to be creative, but it's not really. It's not his job. That's not why right. he's there, and it's the same thing with him trying to entertain during all the conference room meetings and stuff like that. Like so much of his energy, his creative energy is, is misplaced because it's just not in the right role for it, but it's fun to see it come to life and it's fun to see everyone kind of appreciate it. Um, and I think it just ends in kind of the right spot, you know, I couldn't mm-hmm. agree more. Yeah. Uh, along the way, uh, I, we haven't even touched the B storyline between Dwight and second life. We'll, we'll get yeah, there. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. A couple things from the main storyline we haven't touched on just the, the line from Creed when, when, Michael sends Phyllis to get Sue Grafton. Uh, don't take no for an answer. Andy, mm-hmm. does anyone know what Sue Grafton looks like? I mean, is she hot or Creed? She's crazy hot. <laughs> great, <laughs> great line. Uh, which and then and then which gives Angela the line of uh, I I find the mystery genre disgusting. I hate being titillated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we get we get the uh... our song our theme song. We get our theme song. That's correct. I was going to... Well, yeah, we can talk about that. That's a perfect example yeah. where they, the office again comes together and it is uh, the theme song for our show. But yes. to have Daryl kind of playing and everyone singing with him is uh, just a really I mean, great moment in the show. Something that gets people like the warehouse to come up and collaborate with the office. Nothing has done that on the sh- mm-hmm. Nothing has done that on the show. This is this, Then it happens. And Daryl's like yeah. into it. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah this is where I don't feel bad for michael (laughs) yeah exactly he's shutting down daryl and his creativity uh because uh i mean daryl does an incredible job of writing these jingles and um you know Mm -hmm. uh what what do you call it conducting orchestrating arranging michael even says like stop 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 this is not me this is not my music and daryl's like you're right it's better than you it's us and they jump back into it (laughs) (laughs) it's such a great moment to and the extent like, that Michael yeah. reaches over it and starts banging on the keyboard. Yeah. Just stop him. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it. I, I don't hate it. I just don't like it at all. And it's terrible. And I, you're on your own, Mike, which is the second time that happens <laughs> this episode when he yeah. tells the ad guys off and they're like, you know what? I don't have time for this guy. Good luck. Like the way they leave is just like, dude, you're insane. Like, and they're out of there. And, uh, and yeah. Michael does it again. And so Michael's a very difficult creative, clearly. There's a, uh, I mean, when you talk about Michael, Shutting down Daryl and, and Daryl walking. I mean, there there is another moment where it, it's deleted, but Toby raises his hand in the cold open oh, yeah. scene and volunteers an idea that of an ad that is slowed down to half speed. So when you fast forward it, 
it plays in regular speed. And the slogan can be Dunder Mifflin, we adapt to the pace of your business. And Michael says, uh, Oh, and the rest of the office is like, Oh, that's good. <laughs> and Michael says, there are no bad ideas before an idea that was really, really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's it. It's like Michael is his own worst enemy in this yes. entire show all through the office. This is on just full display here where it's like, dude, Everyone here is here to help you if you want to make what you want to make. And he does allow that, but not to the people he doesn't want to help, which is mainly Toby. And he doesn't want Daryl to have a song that's the best part of the ad. You know, it's yeah. like he can't he can't stand for that. Like Michael is still a petulant, pretty self-serving guy at the end of the day. And, mm. uh, you know, and, and but he makes it work. Um, but yeah, any, anything else? I mean, should we talk about his actual ad? It's kind of amazing mm. uh, that he gets everyone involved. I mean, obviously, the way it's filmed, the way it's done is is pretty hack job, but it has a charm to it. And we're already on the side of Michael. So it's like we watch it through that lens. I mean, his his ad has these like Michelle Gondry vibe. <laughs> to yeah, it. It does. You You're know right. what I mean? Like, right. I mean, and it, you know, if you've watched uh, Be Kind, Rewind or, um, you know, any of Michelle Gondry's music videos like white stripes videos and stuff like that it's i mean it's it was very creative i thought and uh and and difficult to yeah plan and uh and edit together but you know uh, man is is there a better shot in the ad than the way dwight hands the paper over (laughs) and says you have a son and it's me <laughs> so good. Uh, if you just take the copy that Michael wrote, isolate it. It's really good stuff for a corporate for a corporate ad. It's actually, it's like I feel like Dunder Mifflin Corporate would have, should have been like. Actually, you know what? What Michael wrote is actually really good. It's very simple and yeah. straightforward. Yeah. And like, I mean, sure, it's a little like it's pretty ham fisted. Like, oh yeah, it's like overly epic for yeah. what they're doing which is selling paper but like who who cares when you're selling paper it's like who cares like why not like why not be ridiculous which is why i totally recommend that people watch this red house furniture commercial because it is just like you know lazy lazy boys and and Mm -hmm. sectional couches and like how do they put a twist on it that it's just like uh uh, yeah, I think that uh, I think he made a really good ad, a way better ad than than totally. What I mean, the the tagline "Limitless Paper in a Paperless World" is a little uh, kind of defeats its, it, kind of kind of eats itself. Like it's it's like yeah, it's a paperless world. What what are you what are you what are you selling? <laughs> what you're offering me more paper when I don't need any? But I mean, for Michael's sensibilities, I could see him writing that and thinking, "Wow, that's good." Do you think that the corporate people rejected the ad because they couldn't license Chariots of Fire? (laughs) (laughs) Outside of everything else offensive in that ad, but yeah. You know what? I didn't think about this until just now. Is it actually Chariots of Fire, though? Yeah. I feel like it's a a knockoff. No, it's 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 Chariots. I mean, it's probably not the original Chariots of Fire, but it's a Mm -hmm. it's a it's some electronic cover, some. Yeah, I feel like it's the same one they used in old school. Remember that movie? Of course. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can't imagine uh, corporate going for this. I, I can imagine David Wallace actually being like, 
this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> Do me a favor. Don't send me those notes. I am gone. I'm gone. Uh, I think we should talk about Dwight, Angela, Andy, and then Second Life as well. Yeah, of course. Before yes, we close yes. the, the book on this episode. Oh, Dwandela? Yeah, let's get yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, take us, we take, see, us a, take it away. Well, Andy, Andy brings in Dwight and asks for advice uh, about about Angela and how we can get to first base. And Dwight, <laughs> is, <laughs> how do I get to first? How do I fast track this? Get to first base. Dwight is struggling so much with the entire concept. They use code names. Dwight. We're just uh, sort of nuzzling our necks together. It's mm-hmm. hot. I'm not going to lie to you. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. We've been necking. <laughs> we we get uh, and then eventually, you know, uh, she begins to say "od," and it gives Dwight that little bit of hope. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> they have that moment where they cheers. Od. It's 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 Dwight's version of Michael getting Holly's letter read to him. It just it just opens the door a little bit enough that he's like, I can I can do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's just a little, it's a little bit of, uh, Dwight, Dwight is so down and he's escaped so much into second life. It's just nice to see him get that little glimmer of hope. He's grown out the stubble. This is a, yeah. a depressed Dwight era. He's gaming during the workday at his desk, which is very mm-hmm. not Dwight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We only ever see that otherwise with uh, Megadesk, I believe. And then with, yeah. um, yeah. yeah. Um, and then maybe with Bert in the Halloween episode with Starcraft. Yeah. But, oh no, no, they're tracking. I'll uh, take the Bert. wizard. <laughs> I think they're tracking a hurricane, but anyway. Well, they are. Uh, they track a hurricane, and then they also play some Warcraft. Ah, okay. Um, we also get Operation Fallen Angel, which is the name oh, of, of course. that Dwight comes up with. It, it, it's uh, similar to Operation Phoenix. So yeah. Dwight Dwight has a number of operations when uh, when these things come together. Um, so uh, it was fun to see that as well. But then, yeah, we get Dwight escaping into Second Life, uh, and Jim following him down the rabbit hole is Jim Samtanko following Dwight Shelford. Right. Oh, it has losers. Phil, Philly Jim, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> Pam calls him Philly Jim. Yeah. But in the, in the game, it says, like, Jim Samtanko, Philly sports writer. It's got the guitar <laughs> on uh-huh. there. Which, which I like how they have Jim try and cover that up to Pam. He's like, what? No. What are, what are you working I on? I need to see more of this. No, yeah, show me. And it's like, that is so <laughs> relatable. Because, like, if you've played a video game like that where you create a character, like... It's so easy to just get down the wormhole when you create your character of like you're 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 worrying about the littlest detail and you're just like this is so ridiculous but that's what the game is good at is making you care about that mm. um, and so yeah Jim Jim chasing uh, Dwight down the, the down the wormhole is great um, the shot of Dwight saying he can fly in the game is incredible just the way his character kind of goes upward and it goes horizontal <laughs> and it takes off. Just All three like... of us just did that. <laughs> uh, it's so... <laughs> Flies like uh, Magneto. <laughs> yeah. Except, and it's just the way it's like, except I can fly. It's just the way he says it. He's, he's almost in awe of his own character. Uh, we, we don't, I don't know if we saw this in the extended cut, but there, we do figure out later on, like in the deleted scene or they talk about it, like Jim, there's a shot where Jim put, yeah, he puts the bazooka in jello, bazooka in jello in the game, yeah, in the game. Um, oh, wow. which, is, which is incredible. Uh, but this is yep. like, this is, this is again, Jim sort of having fun at Dwight's expense a little bit. And then it's sort of a little more serious. Cause you realize like, Oh, like Dwight's pretty down. Like he's in a bad place where he's escaping 
he's running away from from this from this you know depression in his real life and just focusing on second life um which i think jim eventually figures out yeah we we also get some uh some scenes of the game in the extended cut just more second life kind of scenes and yep. i think it, it it benefited the actual episode or the uh, whatever you want to call it the regular episode mm-hmm. that it doesn't have as much gameplay in it because mm-hmm. over time that's one thing that can kind of age the show is the 3d footage of, of video games yeah. you know yeah that's uh, pretty pretty pixelated mm-hmm. but it's but fun to see. I don't, I, and i and i haven't even gotten a chance to watch the um new cut on peacock but mm-hmm. uh i don't know I, I i'm kind of excited to see the rest of this second life uh drama yeah. there's a scene where on. dwight's in a bar and the bartender like is trying to cut him off in second life uh, yeah yeah <laughs> and awesome. then some really funny vocal dialogue hey where did you get that when dwight oh, is shooting yeah. people with his bazooka yeah yeah <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> Have you guys have you guys played Barfight on Oculus yet? No. No, I've heard about it though. <laughs> I, I'm sure many of our listeners have tried it, but uh, it's a VR game where you can just start a bar fight, <laughs> and it's a good time. <laughs> uh, a discussion question that I, I kind of had for you guys is: uh, so we see Jim and Dwight kind of. Um, plus one themselves in Second Life, relatively similar looks and features, but Dwight can fly, and Dwight has a bazooka, and Jim is a sports writer, and he has a guitar. So if you were to go into Second Life knowing that your overall sort of look, shape, feel would be the same, what are the plus ones you would give your character? Hmm. I mean, Edwin, you said this before I recorded. I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd make myself like 6'10". <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I'd, love to, I'd love to be dominant on a basketball court in that uh-huh. way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which is like, and when I when I've played like NBA 2K, my creative character is like a seven-foot point guard who just dominates. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I've kind of already done that in, in NBA 2K. Uh, but something like GTA or Second Life, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. A jetpack yeah, would be cool. I, I know flight is explored, be but pretty yeah, awesome. Something like that. Unlimited yeah. endurance, like where you can, mm-hmm. you could just run and like never, ever be tired or stop, would be awesome. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I have anything besides boring stuff. I'd love to be rich, tall. <laughs> Sean just be... goes. Sean just goes for a longer beard. The funny <laughs> yeah. thing is that, to, like, Which... I guess to visualize in Second Life, these would, these characteristics are kind of things that you need to carry around or be able to visually being seen doing. So, like, yeah. for you to be rich, you would have to what? Be carrying around bags with dollar signs on them. Like just you being just a really, yeah. yeah, you'd be in a green <laughs> suit that money. has money symbols all over. Yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be just dressed like the Monopoly guy. Yeah, a, a monocle all the time, I've riding a, a little train. Case. Handcuffed. No, you have an out of shake case, my friend. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, you need a wearable feature, but yeah. Yeah, I no, I probably only want more friends. I have I just have terrible <laughs> hair and I'm and I'm balding, so I'd probably like I probably have a big big old cool mane of hair, luscious locks. I'd have I big mean, big old hair. Supposedly, a lot of this is coming in the metaverse. Ah, but I I don't know. We digress. <laughs> How guys... about you, Edwin? <laughs> I mean, I talked about the jetpack. Oh yeah, the jetpack. We, we talked, I guess, before the episode about being <laughs> taller. But uh, yeah, 
I don't know. Yeah. It, it's hard to think of what some else of the uh, like on fire shoes from NBA Jam. Just a pair of shoes that can give you turbo powers and like mm. shoot the That's lights good. out when I'm wearing them. <laughs> Mine are all basketball related. <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. Uh, yeah. Well, anything else from the episode, guys? No, I think we covered quite a bit of it. It's a, uh, it's a really good one. Just it is. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to call it Oscar, who has a talking head who says when I was younger, I always wanted to be an actor in commercials. Then I realized I had a brain jump cut to Oscar and all the state farm commercials. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, no, I, I mean, my just overall on this episode is like, just, you know, if we always, I like to return to the Greg Daniels example of this show is about, you know, a flower sprouting out of a, parking lot of asphalt like yeah. i mean that's what that's what we get to see in this episode mm-hmm. uh everybody working together to do something creative that really amounts to nothing you know except that they all just get something out of it that you know it's the creative process for them is uh enough to celebrate and feel good about and um I think that that's a really important lesson for everyone. Actually, mm-hmm. you need to, you can't just live your life like this corporate cog in the machine. Bunch of corporate you know? wet blankets. Take a moment to do something special and, and, and work with a team and collaborate and make something great that, you know, doesn't make you any money. It's just for you. Isn't, something that's just for you. It's just for you. Yeah. And I think that that part is really, really special and, and beautiful. And that's why uh, I think this is a great episode of The Office. Well, and then, I mean, you got to do that. And then maybe, you know, some guy asks you if you've ever been on a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. <I guess. laughs> yeah. There's another sliding door for Pam. Just, just leaves Jim for that guy. On a motorcycle. They never come back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There she goes. Uh, all right. Shall we? Uh, shall we head to? Uh, shall we head to the voicemail box? Sure. After this quick break. Please leave a message for Andy Bernard. All right. In the conference room, we're uh, we're turning on the voicemail machine. Checking some voicemails off here we have a bunch we'll probably do a voicemail voice whole voicemail episode fairly soon uh but we wanted to start getting ahead of it and and play some here so let's um call them in guys call them in dude call them uh let's kick it off uh from this one from sarah in ohio hi guys this is sarah i'm calling from middletown ohio um, I've had this question for a while, but I put it in my shoe and I forgot about it until now. <laughs> um, my question is, uh, what are your favorite uncommon pairings? So my pick would be Stanley and uh, Aaron for characters on the show who you don't really get to see together very much, but when you do, it's really funny. So I think of uh, when... Aaron's trying to save Stanley from himself by preventing him from leaving in life or <laughs> the impression she does of Stanley. I want my cookie. Then I want my sugar cookie. And then I want my nap. <laughs> um, so anyways, love to hear your picks of your favorite characters. 
who are um, uncommonly paired together. Um, I experienced a uh, little bit of a setback this week with the power outages that happened here um, in this part of Ohio. So it uh, really helped me to have the office already downloaded to uh, my phone. I could just watch it and help me uh, feel better. Power's back now. So thanks, guys. Love the podcast. See you soon. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah, that's. Oh, I love sure. that yeah. unlikely pairing. Uh, I think Aaron's a great person to pair with a lot of different oh, characters. I mean, but, anyone. She's just a great yes. pair with anyone. But that's a fantastic, fantastic moment of 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 Aaron and Stanley. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I mean, one that comes to mind that's so small. It, it's like almost the only example of these two characters pairing up. That's perfect. And it is so perfect and beautiful for both of them. It's just Creed looking across his desk to Meredith. Hey, why haven't we ever... um..." (laughs) And then she just goes, we have. We have. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Like, that is it. Like, I mean, name another interaction between Creed and Meredith. (laughs) Good night, Mary Beth. (laughs) Yeah, or when he's uh, does he introduce himself when she's like, "That's the office bitch." Is he talking yes. to Mary? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Creed. Yeah, starts eating the cereal. Yeah, yeah. There's very few. That's a good one. That's a good one. I had, I had, I put down Jim and Creed, just because there's a couple. There's obviously the chess scene, which I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's the dugout. This little number. We just, just we get the little. There goes. <laughs> 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 yep, that's exactly what I did. Uh yeah, Edwin. Uh, I uh I'm thinking of Dwight and Clark in the mm. Stamageddon episode, um and in the when they're talking about the in front of the vending machines, are you fruit man or root man? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um and then uh as well, just the Stanley example made me think of Stanley and Pete. Pete, iced tea, three sugars, five creams. <laughs> yeah. Morning three by five coming right Morning up. Three by five. <laughs> Great moment. Um. There's not a ton of Phyllis and Dwight. There's certainly enough just of them doing sales stuff. Mm-hmm. But this time when they, they are on their own. Yeah! Yeah, there's that. <laughs> there's 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 Dwight feeding Phyllis with the open hand. Whoa, easy. Uh, doing the entire massage scene um, yes. when she hurts Said her back. Said Diamond Dancer would never race again. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, it's some of the only just Phyllis and Dwight we get, and it's every moment's great. Um, so I, I love those two. It's good. Real good. I, man, I, I, I wish we just got to see more scenes with characters in Aaron one-on-one. I know. Because I don't feel like we got to see. We got to see Ryan and Aaron together in the. Yeah, under the, under the, the, under the hotel desk. kitchen or, yeah, table. The tables. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Stanley and Andy is pretty funny. Are you out oh. of your damn mind? Are you out of your damn mind? Yeah. You're <laughs> an angel like that in here. <laughs> yeah. Stanley, yeah. we're friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of those too. I mean, Stanley and I mean, Stanley and Stanley and Ryan on the sales call is great. Ha ha. <laughs> uh, uh, Stanley, Jim, and Phyllis when Jim is trying to convince them to cover for him mm-hmm. while they're gone, and mm. uh, Stanley orders the extra lobster. Phyllis pulls off the decorative bottle of wine. Oh yeah, Talking about shucking your peas, you're like grinding your beans. <laughs> I think Oscar and Andy could have had more potential. I think they could have found a lot more common ground if they'd spent more time. I mean, we get the Long Island iced tea scene when they're in uh, 
Winnipeg, of course. Uh, that's just the two. He's delightful. I just mm-hmm. wish they'd followed up and had a little more Andy Oscar teammates, but really don't get much after that. Oscar and Kevin have a great friendship. I guess that's not that uncommon. But yeah, the mama it's, bear, it's... the mama bear moment from the local ad episode oh, always yeah. gets me. <laughs> I mean, all these, most of these good ones, yeah. There's maybe one or two scenes with those two, but yeah, for sure. If we throw out season nine, because there's a lot more of those. Um, but great question. Thank you, yeah. Sarah. All right, let's move on here. Uh, next one is coming from Parker down in Texas. Hey guys, it's Parker calling from Dunder Mifflin, Waco. And I wanted to tell you a funny story and then ask you a quick question. So I can't remember what episode it was, but I was listening to your podcast while I was working out. Nice. And you played the Now We're Cooking drop from uh, Robert California. And I nearly dropped the bench press on me. <laughs> I was laughing so hard I had to rack it in the middle of my rep. Now we're I was dying laughing. <laughs> And I want to ask you, if you could have Michael Scott come back for one episode in, at the end of season seven or anywhere in oh. season eight and nine, what episode would you choose just for pure comedy? Like, which episode would you have him just come back in? All right. Thanks. Bye. Oh, man. Good Such question. A good question. Great voicemail, Parker. Nice anecdote. Great question. Nice and quick. Love to see it. Sorry about that. Uh, sorry about that bench press <laughs> uh gosh i mean for me i mean mrs california would be a really mm, wow. i love that uh, well, yeah well just because that would be such a difficult situation for michael scott in particular <laughs> i mean i guess i guess it's difficult i guess you kind of gotta think about how he's gonna be worked into this right because he would not be would manager. he be manager instead of andy but uh, I mean, that's one that just comes to mind. In that, yeah, uh, yeah. What about you guys? Pool party comes to mind first for me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's something about Michael in that kind of house. Um, kind of, it's it's just the kind of party he always wishes he would be invited to, and he would get invited. And just to see yeah. him cut loose in that, like get a few bottles of wine, <laughs> would be pretty funny. I do just feel like, like, would that eventually turn into, like, this, like, I hate you, dad kind of storyline of, you know, Michael trying to be. be the life of the party and Robert California being like, Michael, what are you doing? Like, yeah, know. I think, like you said, you would have to think it, it would be you'd have to think of a way to work Michael into the episode mm-hmm. without him being manager again. Yeah. Which it would, might be challenging. I think um, pool party is one that I thought of as well. I think the other thing is you, as much as we would have liked to see a conversation between Michael and Robert California, this doesn't seem like if he's only going to come back for one episode, it do, doesn't make sense for them to have mm-hmm. a big existential business conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. About Michael's role in the office or anything like that. It would make more sense for him to appear at a social function. So mm. I think. Uh, pool party is a great one. I think garden, garden party, party is the other one. Yeah, yeah party exactly. good. Where he just like he gets a Dwight just invites him because and Michael happens to be in town and he comes by. Um, and then it would be fun to see him there. Not only is Robert California upstaging Andy, but now Michael is also upstaging Andy. Yes, <laughs> and maybe he, everyone's excited. Maybe Michael like back. just happens to charm Andy's dad, and Andy's dad like respects Michael, and and it messes with Andy. <laughs> yeah, and. And you could have the surprise. He could show up as a surprise, but all of a sudden Dwight would say, 
ladies and gentlemen, Michael Scott. And it would be like, <laughs> yeah. what? And and like maybe like uh, Andy overhears like Stanley and, and some other people talking about how like, you know what? See Michael again. He was a great manager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's you know, a good and one. Then it just yeah. burns for Andy. Yeah. Yeah. I also think you could do something fun where you have Michael appear at like a really tumultuous time in the office. Like, for example, in Turf War, the end of season eight or oh, something like yeah. that, where Michael comes back and he's just kind of is like, oh, man, I'm glad I'm glad I got out when I did. Like, I think I think uh, that could be a fun angle for Michael as well, although he, he carries so much weight with his appearance. He's not just a cameo yeah, he's like someone like um, like a character you could do that similarly with is like maybe Karen Filippelli or something where they come back mm-hmm. and they're like, wow, I don't I'm glad I don't work here anymore. But yeah. um, I think the social functions would be the way to go. The other, I, yeah. only other one I would do for uh, just from one from season nine would be work bus. I think just physically getting Michael Scott in that bus with everyone <laughs> would just. Mm-hmm. I think Chief Krell would have a lot of fun with that. Mm. Also, he'd probably get really hungry and want the pies. It would just just my, hungry <laughs> Michael in that bus would be really funny to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Peter. Great one, great one. All right, uh, one more, two more. Let's see what we got time here. Uh, let's go to this one from. Christine. Hey guys, this is Christine from Pennsylvania. I'm just going to see what you think Robert California's favorite flavor of ice cream is that we would never guess in a million billion years. Do you think it's <laughs> coconut penis? Because I do. <laughs> or actually, I guess it would really just be regular penis. Yeah, original. I miss original. Lying <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> coconut. What's Robert California's favorite ice cream flavor? What do you think? In all in all earnestness, when when he says you'll never guess in a million years. Never guess. A million billion years. Um mint chocolate chip. Same as Michael Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Um It's an easy guess though. But he's so different than Michael Scott that you would never guess. I mean, what about bubblegum? That's a terrible Terrible. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. I was like, thinking like, like Baskin Robbins bubblegum where there's actually oof. bits of bubblegum oh, yeah. in it that kind of like stick to yeah, your teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't actually form a, a glob of gum. It's just gum all over your mouth. That's Robert California's pretty, favorite flavor. He likes that, yeah. <laughs> okay, here's my guess. And I, I was thinking about it for a second here. Um, in Garden Party... When he asks Andy if he wants the marmalade or the basil plant, mm-hmm. I always assumed that the marmalade was orange because I can't think of other things that are made into marmalade. Yeah, right that's now. right. Yeah. So my guess is orange and basil, some sort of very strange <laughs> mm. boutique artisanal flavor that yeah. we would never guess in a million billion guesses. Salt oh. and straw. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Some bougie, some yeah. bougie basil yeah. sherbet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Olive that's oil. Good. Not all together, like all of these things together, but something very, very bougie and fancy like that. Yeah. But I'm only thinking of orange and basil because that's what he has. Uh, uh, he mentions in that episode. You, yeah. you clearly, the basil will be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Gretchen, I need another marmalade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think he's he loves he just likes to psychologically toy with people. So I think he'd be like, he would let everyone guess, and they'd be like, my favorite ice cream is not ice cream at all. It's a gelato. Like it's or he'd have some like technicality, mm. yeah, like, yeah. like it's a very specific gelato that I got in Rome or something. You're like, all right, fuck you. Uh, but as far yeah, as ice cream, I actually thought the something. reason he said you'd never guess is his favorite is like vanilla bean. 
Like no one would guess that for Robert, that someone like Robert would just love straight up vanilla, nothing on it, no twists. But there's something about that that is uh, that that Robert would just would love for some reason. Mm-hmm. That would be my my guess. So, just out there in the world, mm-hmm. there is oyster ice cream. Oh boy, I don't curry know. curry ice cream, uh, pizza ice cream, honey jalapeno ice cream. <laughs> Squid ink ice cream. I think that would be that would be something <laughs> that I could see uh, Robert California. I also only eat local organic produce. <laughs> Sean, you're an oyster connoisseur. Would you eat oyster ice cream? I I mean, yes, of course, of course, I would try it. That would be tough. That would be tough. <laughs> warning! 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 <laughs> I mean, come on. If you, you, I mean, like oysters, <laughs> they're briny. You know, it'd be like a salty ice cream. I wish you could all see the look on Alex's face. <laughs> yeah, he's really <laughs> struggling with this. Dude, like, I was just like, oh, dude, oyster ice cream would be good. Like, oysters are so briny. It's like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want that near my ice cream. I, mean, I don't want anything is briny. So- Salt is a key ingredient in making ice cream. A, a tiny bit. But I don't want, <laughs> yeah. like, ocean brininess. Like, <laughs> like wow. I, like, think... I couldn't think of anything more disgusting. <laughs> Gosh. I would try it. I'm not saying that I like it, but I would try it. I mean, I would take a little sniff and a little lick and see, see how I feel. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. That's, that's, that's a bridge too far for me. Mm-hmm. I'll could be could be Robert California's me liking the ice cream cake <laughs> <laughs> a lot of ice cream content whale. on here okay mushroom <laughs> uh, caps oh god all right let's let's uh, I hope it's urine <laughs> I, uh, all right let's go let's go to uh, last one here uh, uh, from from Michael Edwin should I play both or just the second one um you could, I mean, you could play. I, I don't know how you're doing on time. Do we can do both. both. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We go. All right, last one from Michael. Hey, MSTC. This is Michael calling from New Jersey. I have a 90 second clock going right yeah, now. Yeah, oh, that's right. You do the clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In your most recent episode about the secret with the listener voicemail, uh, one of your callers, Jess, I believe it was, uh, said she was online to speak to Leslie David Baker to meet, meet with him. Um, oh, yeah. Where I thought the story was headed, and I was so disappointed that it didn't end up there. But I thought the story was headed to someone tried to cut in line, and they all said, "Uh, uh-uh, no, no, no." And then, <laughs> what a paramary! <laughs> what a shame! Good work, guys. I think I got it under thirty seconds. Beat that. <laughs> nice work. Wait, very good. This is Michael from New Jersey. I forgot one last point on my last voicemail. I meant to end off by asking a very simple question: Do you guys by any chance have a Patreon? I think I think we got roasted. Uh, I think we got boom, I think boom, we got roasted. boom roasted right there. On that there. note, Sean, let's end the show. Uh, what do we I need to tell him at the end of the show? You guys, you guys, if you would like to call us, 
and leave us a message. Please do. 503-694-9314. Another great way to get a hold of us is email us, mspodcastcompany at gmail.com. We're on Facebook and Instagram. We have a website, michaelscottpod.com. Uh, and we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash Michael Scott. Become a Scott's Tot, five bucks a month. Uh, you know you're going to get main feed episodes ad-free. You're going to get uh, a special mailbag episode every month. And if you're joined today, you're going to get a huge backlog of those episodes. So there's hours of content on there for you to explore uh we also donate a portion of those funds to the third good marshall college fund special thanks to our scott's tots we love you guys so gosh darn much <laughs> and special thanks to ryan lloyd who designs all of our artwork uh this episode was recorded over video chat thank you for listening thank you for hanging out with us for uh calling and leaving in messages it's always amazing to go through the voicemails uh and hear what everyone has to say even even the the short ones that are just really quick and say little things from the show um really appreciate it as always so um just thank you for for supporting us and and allowing us to keep doing this week to week it's uh it's it's amazing that we get to keep going so thank you very much really and truly uh take care stay safe see you next week pippity poppy give me the solid yes sir yes sir Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.